Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Suppose we had a convicted murderer, murdered a number of people. He just got sentenced, was standing there in the courtroom, and suddenly said, I'm sorry for what I've done. So we take him and put him in a very nice condominium in Florida on a beach. You know what? We'd have an outrage from the people everywhere, but that's exactly what happened to you. The day you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all your sins were forgiven, and now you have wonderful provisions in life and especially in eternity. Join me today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. You know, I was watching the news one night and uh, they had a story on there about a man that had uh, murdered a number of people. Somehow on a technicality, he did not get the death penalty. And people were infuriated everywhere because of the number of innocent children in this family that had been killed. And so then they even brought out the fact that he was given such a reduced sentence that it was possible for him to get out of prison within 15 to 20 years when the, everybody else thought, well, if he doesn't get, you know, if he doesn't get the death penalty, he should at least get a life sentence. He got this and they were even further infuriated. I mean, somehow this guy had a, had an attorney that really helped him get off on all this stuff. And anyway, it's almost like he was making and deriding fun of, at everybody for all, how he got away with these things. And of course, I know what people are thinking. Well, yeah, he's going to get out one day and we're just going to beat him up to tell you the truth or else we'll kill him ourselves because especially those that were involved and their children were the ones involved in the death of this man caused. And so you think about that. And again, we think about even, you know, even in people's lives like this, there is a natural justification for the fact that a person needs to go to the electric chair or whatever. Why? Because in the word of God, it's brought out that those that reject Jesus as Lord and Savior will end up going to hell forever and forever and eventually the lake of fire. So I want you to look at a verse of scripture because I'm going to amplify on this and come for just a moment, but I'm going to even bring out something on the more side that, sh that should make you infuriated. And look at John chapter three, verse 15 and 16. Of course, we know these. These are the ones we quote when we witness to people. It says in John chapter three, 15 and 16, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I have a flash drive that uh, can be offered to you and you'll be able to pick up 17 lessons in it on the subject of heaven and hell. I know it's gonna be a great blessing to you. And the fact, some of what I'm about to mention here comes from this, but I want you to stop and listen to what this has to say. Jesus Christ went to the cross, was lifted up that whosoever, whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The worst of sinners could be in that tent looking out there and seeing that serpent lifted up in the wilderness. It could be that there were children born who had not accepted the Lord yet in the wilderness. They might've been 10, 11 years old. They were out there for 40 years and looked up there and saw that thing and understood all of a sudden what it meant. Day after day, they saw sacrifices saying the same thing. And there may be some people out there that you know that escaped and came with them out of Egypt came across the Red Sea. And even though there were Jews, there's actually a group of people called, you know, that came from a mixed multitude, all nations and types of people that also put their faith and trust in the Lord. But who's not to say that coming across the Red Sea weren't some violent people? Oh, they gave their lives to Jesus, but oh my Lord, they were terribly violent people in Egypt. And perhaps some of the Egyptians were chasing them to bring them back and put them through trial. And we see that today. We look at our borders and there's all these people coming up through our borders. The main thing we wonder about coming up through 
through the borders is, is there criminals coming up there? Those that have murdered and rapists and things like this coming through and just pouring into our border, we begin to get concerned about that. Look with me while you're there in John chapter three, jump down to verse 36. Here's the simplicity of receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. What's he saying? The division line between going to heaven or going to hell is one thing. Did you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? It's not by our works. It's not by our own righteousness. It's not by how much we went to church. It's not by how nice we were. In fact, quite the opposite. You can be a terrible, terrible person and believe in Jesus Christ and you'll get to go to heaven forever and forever. We all accept this. In fact, some of you that are born again, probably most of you watching this show that are born again probably did not that many of you come out of a terrible drug background, although some of you did. Some of you may not have come out of a jail background. Some of you did. Some of you may not have come from a prison background. Some of you did. I would say probably a lot of those that are watching this broadcast came out of some kind of church background or, you know, you just were invited to go to church one time, you received Jesus as Savior. I, there's probably a blend of everybody out there, but not everybody's the same because oftentimes we view a Christian congregation, we have this tendency to see nice, nice people out there. If you could look back into people's lives and see where they came from, this would probably shake you to your foundation to see where some of these people come from. Look at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, take a look at verse 15 with me. Revelation 20, 15 says this, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell are those who have died and gone to hell. Death itself is the physical death. It's removed from the earth at this time and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Notice this next phrase, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What is the book of life? The book of life is just a list of those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, there's there's kind of a difference in thinking on this. Some people say, well, your name's always been there based on the fact he's not willing that any should perish. If you reject Jesus, then your name is erased or blotted out. Others say, no, it was blank there, but your name was written in. All I can tell you is this verse is saying when it comes time to go to heaven, if your name is found in the book of life, you're going to heaven. What is the book of life? It is a listing of those who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So the dividing line of these of this right here again is the book of life. Written in the book of life, if those names not found written in the book of life were cast in the lake of fire, which means those names found written in the book of life get to go to heaven. And again, we come back to it. Those names found written in the book of life are simply people that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Nice moral people and also God rejecting people, terrible people. I mean, people that were criminals, murderers, things like this. It all comes back to this is that yes, they accepted Jesus so they get to go to heaven. The dividing line of the two thieves was faith in Christ. These two thieves were exactly the same. They represent all mankind. When Jesus went to the cross, there was a thief on each side of him. And so these two thieves represented all mankind. Notice there wasn't a nice one on the cross and a bad one on the other one. No, God sees us as all the same. We've all rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because we have, then what he says is you're all born into sin and you need to come and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because you know what? Those two thieves hanging on the 
cross-represent moral people, immoral people, even though they were thieves. Thieves here are not just somebody that robbed the 7-Eleven down the corner. No, thieves here were part of Murder Incorporated. The two thieves represent what Jesus said when he was talking about the parable where he said there was a certain man that you know walked from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. These thieves beat him and thought he was dead. They departed, they robbed everything he had and departed leaving him half dead. This is what thieves were in their day. In fact, it was why they were hanging on the cross. People who robbed the 7-Eleven don't get crucified on a cross like this in front of hundreds of thousands of people, no. But these guys were murderers. These guys were the worst that you could find and they are representing all mankind. You might say, well, I'm not so bad. God sees us like the two thieves that were up there on the cross. Both of them saw the same thing. The dividing line between the two thieves was this. One said yes and one said no. But I want you to understand something. They both saw the same thing. Both saw Jesus jailed. Understand this. To go to the cross at the same time, they had to be imprisoned at the same time. To be imprisoned at the same time, they had to go and be tried at the same time. To be tried at the same time, they must have been arrested at the same time. To be arrested at the same time, they were both committing the crime together and they got caught. Now, all these things happen and now they're going to the cross. They're going to be side by side on the crosses. And going there, both saw Jesus jailed. They were in prison and saw Jesus brought in, saw him beaten. They saw, made him, they saw him made to carry his own cross. They saw the crown of thorns put on him and their whole thinking must have been, man, we've done stuff bad, but this guy must really, really be bad. Was well, because Jesus was taking on himself the sins of the world. Both saw Jesus jailed. Both saw him beaten. Both saw him carry the cross. Both saw him nailed to the cross. Both heard the people shout when Jesus was on the cross and even started mocking him. If you're the son of God, get down, get off that cross. And it said both of them at that time, both of the thieves said the same thing to Jesus. Yeah, get off the cross. Both saw him nailed, heard the people shout. Both heard what Jesus said about forgiving. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But then only one accepted him and the other did not. Just before one of them died, he said to Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. What does that mean? I want you to understand something. Two thieves representing all mankind. One said yes and one said no. Both saw the same thing. Both heard the same thing. It's not the sovereignty of God that chose one over the other because they both saw and heard the same thing. It was the will of one to say yes and the will of one to say no. I simply come back to this. When presenting this to congregation, I tell them, we're all thieves. Which one are you? Are you the yes thief or the no thief? I happen to be a yes thief because I know what God brought me out of. Oh, I know I was raised in church. And I look at all those things, uh-uh. What God did not see in me necessarily was just the fact that I was a little five-year-old boy that accepted Jesus. What God saw in me was Bob in this earth, born in this earth of Adam's seed. Every evil transgression of man was wrapped up as far as God saw me. I was in the same condition as the worst murderers in town. So it simply came back to this, the rich man and Lazarus, Whenever they were buried, and Jesus told this story, one had a great life, the other did not. One had a funeral and was buried, the other, we don't even know what happened to him. He just said that the rich man, he was buried, which means he had an elaborate funeral, all this thing, and the other, we don't even know what happened. He probably was thrown on a heap somewhere. But once in hell, and once in Abraham's bosom, the rich man was in hell, and here we have uh, 
Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, they could see each other, but they couldn't exchange places. In other words, the choice you make on earth is eternal. You either eternally go to heaven or you'll eternally go to hell and eventually the lake of fire. It simply comes down to this, what decision did you make? And all the things around you, the churches, the messages, all the things going on, and we have people today, they're hearing the same message, but some say yes and some say no. It simply comes down to this, it is your choice. And of the two and the two that were there hanging next to Jesus, one said yes and one said no. And so it comes back to this. We're gonna continue this when I come back after the break because I, the next question I'm gonna present to you shows you of how even as a Christian, it makes you shut of the fact that a person accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior and they're forgiven of all their sins. We'll talk about that. But in this series that I'm offering right now, I simply wanna again tell you that there's more to this and the things that I'm gonna be covering in this series, especially this flash drive series. And what I like about flash drives, the major thing I like about them is I can use them in my car, just plug them in, turn it off, get back in later, hear the same thing, keep on continuing one message after another. That's the great blessing of it. And so this can be presented to you and again, and the uh, announcer will tell you how you can have a copy. But the other thing I wanna to say to you too is those that support me, thank you again for being a great, great partners with me. My ministry would be nowhere without you. It's not the fact that you're such a wonderful person or I'm such a wonderful person. The gospel is wonderful, Jesus is wonderful, and we offer eternal life, and we also offer the greatest riches man can know as far as rewarding life, and even the prosperity in this natural life, all these wonderful things, and that's what we're here to offer day by day. It's not the fact that just we come to preach the gospel or, or minister the word of God. It's the fact that we offer life-changing things to each and every person that hears it, and you are a part of that. If you'd like to become a partner with me, simply go to my website, bobyandian.com, and you'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I'll see you right after halftime. In this extensive 17-part study of the scriptures, Bob Yandian explores both heaven and hell by contrasting these two vastly different destinations. For years, Christians and unbelievers alike have had questions about heaven and hell. Do they even exist? And what exactly are they? How could a loving God send unbelievers to hell? What do believers in the Lord Jesus Christ have to look forward to in heaven? Find the answers in the Bible through this fascinating and compelling topical study on heaven and hell. To order Heaven and Hell, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Many years ago, I wrote the book called God's Word to Pastors, and now I have updated it. Many new things I have seen from the Word of God applied into this book, and you're gonna be greatly blessed by it. I'm called to be a pastor, I trust you are too, and you will wanna get this book and become greatly impressed by what Paul had to say to pastors in Acts chapter 20, as well as what Jesus Christ has to say to you today. This is my book, God's Word to Pastors. To order your copy, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
I want you to turn with me again to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. Let's take up where we left off just before the break. And here is the common denominator between a person going to heaven, a person going to hell. We often think in ourselves, even as Christians sometimes, he's such a nice man. I'm sure he's a Christian. Being a nice man doesn't make you a Christian. Here's another thing too. Being a Christian doesn't necessarily make you a nice man. It should. You have all the equipment to do it. But here is the dividing line between heaven and hell eternal life and eternal damnation. It's right here in this verse of scripture, Revelation 20, verse 15, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone, not only was death and hell cast, but anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the dividing line between heaven and hell is accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, your name found written in the book of life. And your name is written in the book of life when you're here on earth, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, your name is found in the book of life. And that's what's gonna allow us to go to heaven. We can't stand before God and say, I was a nice person. You know why? Because those people being cast into hell might've been a nicer person than you were. The common denominator is not how nice you were, what church you went to, how many ladies you helped across the street, not how many people you helped in your natural life because we have nice, sweet people that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they don't go to heaven because they were sweet and nice, and they don't go to hell because they were terrible, terrible people. Again, the common denominator, the line right here between it, those found written in the book of life get to go to heaven. Those not found written in the book of life are cast in the lake of fire. It's what divided the two thieves on the cross and the two thieves, one on each side. They were both thieves, both terrible, both raised around the same thing. Both had murdered people, all this, but yet they both saw Jesus. They both saw him walk down the road. They both saw him fall on the weight of the cross. They both saw him beaten. They both saw him have the crown of thorns put into his head. They both saw him spit on all these other things and they hung on the cross and they hung on each side and they both heard him say the same thing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They they both heard the crowds jeer at him and they even made, both of them even made fun of him. But just before they died, one of them learned to turn to Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. One accepted, one rejected. After both seeing, both hearing exactly the same thing, one accepted, one rejected. One said yes, one said no. And the dividing line was right there. The moment this man said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. His name was etched into the book of life forever and forever. And at that point, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's what the dividing line was between the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man rejected Jesus, but Lazarus accepted the Lord. And even though in this natural life down here, one had great wealth, one did not. One had all riches, the other did not. Yet the rich man didn't go to heaven because he had so much money. And Lazarus did not go to hell because he re because he had no money. No, Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom for one reason, and that was he had accepted the Lord as Savior, and the rich man had rejected him and was in hell and would be there, and then eventually the lake of fire forever and forever. And here's what I'm telling you. Here's what the whole purpose of this broadcast is coming down to. Even for a Christian, heaven and hell makes no sense. Remember the story I started with? That was what I saw on TV, and that was the man that, that had murdered and killed so many innocent and children too. Somehow he had an attorney that twisted all these things around and got him a reduced sentence. I mean, he should have gone to the electric chair. He should have died, but he did not. 
and it, and then they gave him a reduced sentence. And even the reduced sentence meant he was open for parole within 15 to 20 years. This even made everybody more infuriated, and especially those that were members of the family that he had killed. When we hear things like that, our natural senses, and you know what? Naturally so, and I agree with that. That's biblical. But here's the part that doesn't make sense. Heaven and hell makes no sense to the natural mind. Why? Think of this man that had murdered so many people. What if instead of putting him in jail for 15 years, we put him in a condo instead of being sent to prison? What if we put him in a condo in Florida? What if around him he had, you know, people coming in that could serve him nice meals and all this? He had HBO, he had all this stuff, and this was what was given to him. We would infuriate people. I mean, you think you think about that, but I want you to think about that. That's you. You deserve to go to hell. You deserve to be separated from God for eternity. But you did one thing during your lifetime that causes you to go to heaven and not to hell. One thing that made you cross the dividing line. You accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, the matchless, incredible grace of God. And even for the Christian mind, we still somehow get caught up into works and think, no, possibly my works are what's going to get me into heaven. And the answer is no. You'll be rewarded for your works in heaven. But heaven is not a place where the crossing line is. If you did good works, you'll go here. If you didn't, that's the natural mind thinking. I've said this before, but let me come back to it. We often think when we stand in heaven, when I witness to sinners, you get the same common answer out of 95% of them, but I've been a good person. You you think you're going to go to heaven? Yes. Why? Because I think my good will outweigh my bad. That is not how you get into heaven. Your good outweighing your bad. There's only one way to get into heaven, and that is except Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I look at it this way. Only one passing grade will get you into heaven. 100. You have to make a 100 on God's test. The closest ever to it was Paul himself when he said when it came to the things of the law, he said, I was perfect. He said, I didn't miss it at any point. Yet he said, I was the worst sinner that ever existed because he said, I was, again, a religious sinner. All these things. And so, but he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And let's just suppose on God's test, the highest person next to Jesus himself that ever made a score was Paul. And Paul as Saul might have made as a sinner a 99.9. You know what a 99.9 is in God's score? F, that's it. Unless you make a hundred, you cannot enter into heaven. I don't care how much you think, how close you get, you cannot do it. No one has ever made a hundred except for Jesus Christ himself. And even Paul went on to say, he said, I was the worst sinner that ever existed. And what he was talking about was the fact that really, honestly, being a religious person and thinking in your own righteousness pushes you further and further away from salvation, even though your life may be perfect as far as you think, but not perfect as far as God is concerned. It comes down to this. The only score that will get you into heaven is a 100. You say, and then how in the world can I go to heaven? Here's the point. When you stand before God and I stand before God, if this question is ever presented to me, God's going to say, Bob, why should I let you into heaven? I'm going to say, because I accepted your son, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know what that means to God? The moment you accept your faith, put your faith in Jesus Christ, God takes your score away and gives Jesus score to you. I get into heaven on Jesus score, not on mine. I get to go into heaven with a 100. You say, but you didn't make a 100. I know that. But by accepting Jesus, I get to have his 100. You know what someone told me one time, they said, yeah, but that's cheating. Here on earth, if, if you get somebody else's score and turn it in, that's cheating. I said, it's called cheating on earth. It's called grace in heaven. 
in heaven, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God's grace pours out what Jesus did for you and gives it to you, but he also takes away all the bad things in your life. It simply comes back to this. I stand before God righteous, not because of me, but because of Jesus. There's this common thinking that when I go to heaven, I'm gonna stand here by myself like an individual stalk of wheat and someone next to me, but they're like an individual stalk of wheat and I will be judged as an individual. They will be judged as an individual. And that's why we always get this thing. I think I'm probably better than most people around me. I work with people and looking at them, you know what? I think I treat my wife better. I think I treat my kids better. And there's always this comparison trap we get into. I'm a little better than those pride enters in. And it simply comes back to this. As you think pride enters in, what God's gonna say to you is no. It's not the fact that you yourself are judged as an individual. You are not judged as an individual stalk of wheat and somebody next to you judges an individual stalk of wheat. You are not judged for yourself. You're judged by what tree you're attached to. You are a limb attached to a tree. And when you were born into this earth, you were connected to Adam. In Adam, all die. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ, but in Christ shall all be made alive. One day at five years old, I accepted Jesus as my savior and I was removed from Adam and placed into Jesus Christ. I do not have any life of my own. All my life comes from Jesus Christ. All my life comes from God and I am alive because of who I chose to be attached to. I rejected Adam one day, accepted Jesus and by his grace, I was given a 100 on that day and I have eternal life flowing into me because I am a limb attached to a divine living tree. And that's the whole point of salvation. Salvation has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ. And finally, all you are responsible for is to say yes or no. The moment you say yes, your name is written in the book of life. So Again, part of God's plan is no matter how bad your life has been, you get to go to heaven, live in a mansion with Jesus Christ forever and forever. And there may be somebody who lived a nice life on this earth, but they're gonna be rejected. They'll go to hell for one reason, they rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, after salvation, do my works count? Of course they do. This is all found in 1 Corinthians chapter three. I don't have time to get into it today, but in 1 Corinthians chapter three, you'll find out that the works you did on this earth will be rewarded in heaven. Understand this, going to heaven is not a reward, it's a gift. But once you get to heaven, you're rewarded for the things you did in the Christian life. Even if you gave a cup of cold water in his name, you get a prophet's reward for that. So again, heaven makes, makes no sense to the natural mind, but hell also makes no sense to the natural mind. The natural mind wonders, why would you send somebody to hell and the lake of fire forever and forever, even though they were a nice person? Just because they didn't accept your Jesus, they might've accepted somebody else, or they might've been religionless, basically. Just a person living, but they live by the best principles they could find. No, it still comes back to this. Prison makes sense because a man goes there for his evil deeds he has done, and this is our natural view of hell, but it is not the biblical view of hell. The biblical view of hell is you're in heaven because you've accepted Jesus Christ. You're in hell because you rejected Jesus Christ. And the denominator between both of them, the common denominator is the Lamb's book of life. Hell is not for the one who sinned, but for the one who rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Morals are not the issue when it comes to going to heaven or to hell. Heaven is not for the moral, the righteous living, but for the one who accepted Jesus Christ despite his morals and despite his living. Heaven and hell will be filled with good people and bad people. 
They go to heaven because they threw themselves on the mercy of the court of heaven and accepted Jesus Christ. Heaven doesn't make sense because we think a person goes there for the good deeds he had done, but good deeds or bad deeds are not the issue when speaking of heaven. Heaven is the opposite of hell. You go to hell because you rejected Jesus and you go to heaven because you accepted him as Lord and Savior. So Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 says again, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. But you know what this does make for us? It makes salvation and it makes witnessing so simple. It simply comes back to this, but I've been a good person, that's not what sends you there. But I've been a bad person, that's not what sends you to hell. All you have to do is open up your heart and receive the free gift of eternal life. You know what's gonna happen? God's gonna give you gifts that you can't even begin to imagine, all because you opened up your heart and said yes to Him. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.